my name is Leroy Larry and welcome. Natural physics will explain in down-to-earth scenarios how the principles of physics could have come about from observing nature. Each episode begins with a scenario followed by an example to illustrate the application of these principles in futuristic research at the frontiers of science such as my astrophysics research and then concludes with an exploration of how these same principles could have very well been used by ancient cultures and civilizations. Mathematics is naturally encountered and incorporated as the exciting and fun tool of science that it is. Science is the window into our amazing world of nature and mathematics is the tool to open that window. Natural physics encompasses current, futuristic and ancient physics and ties them together by the principles of physics that are common threads running throughout each. Greetings. I'm Leroy Larry and welcome to Natural Physics, live from Costa Rica. In this episode, we continue. I'm, I'm adjusting my uh, cell phone. Sorry about that. Uh, let, I just want to get totally in the picture. Okay. Okay, there we go. All right. <laughs> All right. In this episode, we continue with exploring the possibility of reconstructing the ancient Baduka lunar eclipse calendar. Joining me is my guest and an original member of the Fat Pack, Mariella Bonilla. Hey, Mariella. Hello, Leroy. Greetings, everyone. How are How you? Doing? How have you been? Good. How are you doing? I'm great, thanks. So happy to be here again with you. Thank you. So happy to have you, <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> now, Mar Mariella, all week long, I've been thinking about your uh, legends from the Baruka. Uh, the first one about uh, the custom of keeping their heritage. And you know what? Um, I remember my first trip down to Hako. Uh, I was in one of those stores and the lady told me that the Baruka was the only tribe, the only group of indigenous peoples that were not conquered by the Spanish conquistadors. Is, right. is that true? That's right. Whoa. That's right. And one of the traditions that I told you before last week, it's the Diablitos, the dance of uh, Diablitos of the devils. And this is about the Borucas fighting to the Spanish. So that's, that's like how they can show the whole world that they could keep their traditions. They were not conquered by the Spanish. And, and of all the indigenous people's groups, are they the only one that was not conquered? Well, I don't know exactly if all of them, but they are the ones who try to keep them until nowadays. For wow. example, we, we have been talking about, about the spheres that they were supposed to be a calendar. And that's, that hasn't been scientific or proved. It hasn't been proved because 
some spheres were stolen or removed from from the original place so nobody knows where or how to predict the the eclipse or or some astrological event but that, and that's something that the Borukas feel sad of because they wish they could keep that tradition or that ability still well check this out okay when you said how the ritual the dance of the devils where they hit the bull which represents spain mm -hmm. and that and that was their way okay. of keeping alive in their memory the fact that they were unconquered okay. by the bull by spain mm -hmm. okay get this right African-American slaves, right? Brought from Africa, uh -huh. li lives mm -hmm. stolen, just snatched, brought to an alien. Uh -huh. I mean, that's like going to another, that's like going to another planet. When you think, I mean, you're in Africa and then all of a sudden you're in this place that uh -huh. is like an alien, an alien planet. So, okay, get this. African-American slaves, they had songs, gospel songs that held in the lyrics, code phrases mm -hmm. for saying, don't give up. Uh, there's a way to the north, to reach the north, to freedom. And they sang those songs amongst themselves. And it was their way to be low-key, nondescript, and communicate to each other through these songs that they were not going to be conquered, that they were going to make it up north, right? So Great. your your deal your deal about the Badukas doing that, right on, right? Hold on to your heritage. Don't let nobody take it from you. So um, oh, and so um, another thing is that you talked about the holes that were made, uh, the myth, the elves, right? Uh, the river mm -hmm. where the two sisters uh, unfortunately uh -huh. met their end. <laughs> and the myth uh -huh. is that the elves, the elves make those holes. Okay, one was an elephant, uh, one was a bathtub. And you know what, the deal about the elephant, and you said, how, how could they know about an elephant, right? <laughs> these, right. These, these car, uh, structures are in Costa Rica, and here you have one that resembles a creature in Africa. Uh, very interesting, very interesting. Okay, so now, in relation to that story, Mariella, uh, I told this story in a previous episode, and I'm only going to retell it again because it has uh, it, 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 it has implications involved with shape, like you said. It doesn't look like nature shaped those uh, figures. It looks like they were intentionally done. So uh, some episodes back, I told a story and I'd like to repeat it because we could have listeners and viewers that missed that story. Okay, a while back, mm -hmm. I came across an obscure article. I'll have to find out where it was, but it was on the internet. Hey, the internet is the world's largest library, right? I mean, you can almost find anything on the internet, really. So right. 
I came I came across this article that was taken from the log of mm-hmm. a European expedition into the jungles of the Amazon. Okay, and right. it, it probably mm-hmm. was from probably was from the turn of the century, uh, nineteen early late late 1800s early 1900s so in the log of this exploration this expedition the person entering the log at one point said that they came across you know they're in the amazon jungle and they came upon a clearing and in the distance was a sheer granite face cliff sheer rock granite right and on the side of this wall, this sheer granite wall, vertical, I mean, we're talking uh-huh. vertically straight, right? 90 degrees straight uh-huh. up, right? You had birds that had made nests in the holes that were in the face of this sheer wall, granite rock face. So the leader of the expedition just kind of made this off the cuff comment. Whoa, very, very cool for the birds that those holes are in that sheer granite face rock for the birds to build their nests. The indigenous person, the guy told him, oh no, the birds made those holes. And the leader of the expedition quite understandably said, what? The birds made those holes? So the guy proceeded to tell him, okay, just watch the birds. Check it out. Just watch the birds. So he did. And he observed that some of the birds were traveling back and forth into the dense foliage of the Amazon jungle and returning with a brown reddish leaf in their beaks. And they would perch themselves on the side of this sheer vertical granite face cliff. And they would rub uh-huh. this, this plant, right, on, 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 the, on the granite. And they would do this multiple times, multiple times. Hey, you, you know how animals are. They, they do their thing. I mean, they, they, they just kept going back and forth, right? And eventually, they would perch on the spot where they had been rubbing that reddish brown plant and would start to peck at it. And lo and behold, pieces of the sheer granite rock started to fall off and crumble. Sheer granite. Okay, now, again, I'll have to find out where where I came across that article But Uh here you have the possibility of a vegetable plant that Mm -hmm. if you were to crush it up and liquefy it somehow and apply it to a surface, it is capable of softening stone, rock, granite, okay? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. as I said, This is entered in this obscure log of this expedition from the turn of the century, this observation that was made. Okay, so now, um, you talked about how 
in addition to just have been forgotten by the Baduka, it's, uh -huh. it's conceivable that they were told to not remember about how mm -hmm. to use the spheres as a lunar calendar, a lunar predictor. Right. So mm -hmm. what if this plant that these indigenous peoples of the Amazon rainforest knew about, hopefully, I, I hope it still exists today, but what if, what if they had knowledge of this Mm -hmm. And the reason why we don't Probably. know about it is because, I'm sorry, what'd you say? Probably they, they know because it is said that during the, the conquer, the, um, the tribes used to gather together and they mentioned Costa Rica. I don't know if you remember, they mentioned, well, now we know that it's Costa Rica, but before it was the, the city or the place of the, of the bowls. Of the yes. Spirit. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got something for you in a minute. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> okay. So, <clears throat> so, um, so here we have the possibility that indigenous peoples knew that this particular plant would soften solid stone, and maybe we don't know that now because it was forgotten or it was told to be forgotten, okay? But mm -hmm. let's look at the possibilities of this, because again, this is entered in an actual log of an expedition into the Amazon at the turn of the centuries, right? Okay, so, and you know, to me, it's amazing that people don't follow up on stuff like that. They say, oh, okay, oh, cool, all right, hey, <laughs> right? All right, so, um, now, Speaking of, back to the Baduka, Mariella, your friend who actually had physical contact with them, spoke with them, that is more valuable than any book, electronic article written by somebody from wherever, making right. assumptions. I mean, this person, was in the village, spoke to them, hey, that's, oh, that's, that's the ultimate. First, <laughs> totally. what is it, third encounters of the, what, close encounters of the third kind? I guess that'd be a first, close encounters of the first kind. I mean, that's the source. That's oh. right there. And the fact that, mm -hmm. the fact that right. you said that, that the Baduka intentionally withhold information, but yet your friend, was given a little slippet, a little slippet that said, hey, these spheres were actually meant to predict lunar eclipses and to right. analyze lunar eclipses, right? And I, mm -hmm. and I gotta say, right. I got, after our last episode, I got on the internet and I, I looked, I looked and looked and looked, I found nowhere where it was at all mentioned that there was the slightest, no. remotest, theoretical, hypothetical connection of right. the spheres with a lunar eclipse or eclipse or anything that specifically astronomical. And that's amazing. Right. So, um, so, okay, 
Now, when I said that I had something for you, this is what I meant. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So far, the spheres that have been discovered have, have laid within basically a 10 hectare area of Costa Rica. And um, one square kilometer is 100 hectares, okay? One uh -huh. square mm -hmm. kilometer is 100 hectares. So you got this little mm -hmm. bitty area of 10 square or 10, 10 hectares. Okay, now get this. So 10 hectares is one tenth of a square mm -hmm. kilometer. So if you visualize a square kilometer, wherever you live, that area where you live, and you visualize a, 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 a one square kilometer area, this area where the spheres have been discovered and and researched and looked at is only one tenth of that square kilometer area okay now let's look at the right. square area of, the square area of costa rica is mm -hmm. 51,100 square kilometers so when we said that, why is, I mean, look at the fraction that a tenth, okay, 10 hectares is one tenth of a square kilometer. And Costa Rica's uh -huh. land mass covers 51,100 square uh -huh. kilometers. So uh -huh. the percentage of Costa Rica's land area that this little bitty part where these spheres have been found represents mm -hmm. thousands of a percentage, I think. And then let's look at the whole world. What percentage mm -hmm. of the total land mass of the earth does Costa Rica represent? And then you just go down from there. 10 hectares, a tenth of a square kilometer. Does that not say that for some reason, somebody, millennia ago picked that little bitty 10 square uh 10 hectare area which now is contained within the area now known as costa rica picked that to construct objects that are found nowhere else on the planet mm -hmm. right right i mean whoa right <laughs> right well you are the physics one, but <laughs> I suppose that's probably because of the position of, of the country, the position of the land. So that brings me uh, a reason or, or a, a positive point that the, the calendar, the eclipse calendar is real or what's real. It's a, a, a real theory because I suppose that the spheres were made here in Costa Rica, especially in that part, not in the whole country, because they could predict something. And if if the Borucas told my friend Oscar that their great grandparents used to say that the spheres were were made to predict 
spheres, I think that's true. I think that's true, but they don't know how to, to prove it. Science don't know how to prove it. Scientifics don't know how to prove it. Okay. You know, I, um, I Googled, how would you predict a lunar eclipse? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh -huh. Seriously, you can find, you can find anything on the internet. You know, everybody who's been listening and viewing probably knows I tend to digress a little bit, but I just got to say this. There's an ancient library that existed in Africa in the location mm -hmm. of Timbuktu, okay, which I think was located in the ancient kingdom of Mali or Singhai, uh -huh. but it contained enormous amounts of knowledge. Uh -huh. And it was, it was destroyed, right? You know, as humans do, okay, let, Leroy, let's not, let's not pull out the soapbox, <laughs> but it was destroyed. <laughs> it was destroyed, right? And, but the few fragments that have survived hint at unbelievable ancient knowledge that was written down on papyrus scroll, scrolls or clay tablets or what have you. And mm -hmm. I got to say, when I was growing up in Omaha, Nebraska, I remember hearing from the older people, oh, wow. You know, like, okay, let's say they were going to go for a long trip. Somebody might say, whoa, you're going all the way to Timbuktu, huh? <laughs> right? Little, little references to ancient knowledge, Timbuktu. So, um, I just wanted to say that in terms of how not only is ancient knowledge forgotten or told to be forgotten, but really, unfortunately, un under some circumstances, it's actually purposely destroyed. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so, you know what, with the book, hey, get this, Mariella. What if, what if somebody actually wrote down? how the Buddha used, or whoever, used the spheres to predict lunar eclipses, right? Mm -hmm. And what if they said, oh, no, no, it's, it's, there's no way this indigenous peoples, you know, I'm talking European. What if they said, right. oh, no, there's no way this, this indigenous peoples are going to have the knowledge and technology using the earth uh -huh of being able to do what we can't do. So what do we do? Let's get rid of it. Let's destroy it. You know what? The Incas, I'm pretty sure it was the Incas or the Aztec. I'm not sure, but they had what's called codex, C-O-D-E-C, codex. Mm -hmm. And they wrote down serious information, astronomical, right? I mean, you have Chichen Itzu in, mm -hmm. in, you know, the Mayan culture. And these, these codex, they were astronomical knowledge. And when the Europeans arrived, whether Spain, France, England, Belgium, Spain, mm -hmm. Portugal, whatever, right? When they arrived, mm -hmm. a lot of times these priceless documents weren't recognized for the treasures of human knowledge that they were, and they were mm -hmm. simply burned, right? They were looked mm -hmm. upon as either gibberish 
native gibberish or if somebody within the group was actually intelligent enough to realize what this could be, okay, let's burn it. And this included monks in the service of the church. Mm -hmm. Remember everybody, I said, I don't right. mind getting in trouble. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> back, <laughs> back, to, back to ancient knowledge being lost. Okay, so um, um, now, like I said, I looked up, how would you predict? Oh, that brings me to something else. When you said how the Badukas used to gather and the, the, the knowledge would be communicated to the community mm -hmm. by the elders. Right. And then they stopped and they stopped doing that when modern mm -hmm. technology came into the picture. Mm -hmm. That discouraged them or they just stopped doing it. it did I get that correct? Mm -hmm. Right, you're totally right. Right. Also, a problem is that they have lost their language also. And of course, well, even though they are uh, self-governed, they, of course, they have schools in, in Spanish. So they have lost their language. I suppose there should be uh, some books or, or written about, about this um, astrological knowledge, but probably they don't even know how to read them. Wow, that, <laughs> and I mean, it doesn't take long to forget, to forget stuff. I mean, um, it really doesn't for, it, unless it's written down, it really doesn't take long for people to forget what things are. I mean, you have, right. you have cities and towns in the Near East and other parts of the world where you have mounds that are right mm -hmm. in the midst of these cities that contain mm -hmm. ancient artifacts, but people, they, it's, it's as if it's just commonplace. I mean, they don't, I don't want to say they don't care, but I guess it's not of super relevance to their daily life. So mm -hmm. they, they say, oh yeah, that's a mound and there might be some ancient under it, but other than that, mm -hmm. okay, whoop de do. And you know what, right. this, this brings me another story I'm going to repeat. And the only reason why I try not to repeat my stories for listeners and viewers alike, but if I think of one that might have relevance to what we're talking about, I, I, I'll dredge it up. So, okay, now Machu Picchu, the famous mm -hmm. archeological site way mm -hmm. up in the altitudes of the, of the Andes, right? I mean, just seriously high altitude. Now, this is how it was discovered. An archeologist, I think it was the 1930s. By the way, mm -hmm. that's about the same time frame as the Raiders of the Lost Ark movie, right? <laughs> yeah, it must've been real cool to be an archeologist. Don't you think back at that time, I and mean, there was so much undiscovered <laughs> stuff, <laughs> right? But no, but we have our current day. You know what's so cool about our spheres? It's just as an uh -huh. enigma 
they're just as an enigma as they were totally. 1930s back further. I mean, they are unsolved. We, we have a priceless uh-huh. mystery right here. Okay. Yes. And nowhere totally. else in the world. Totally. 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 <laughs> totally. Okay. And, so, if you, and, so. and in, since, since my point of view, they were found as a mistake because the banana company was digging. They were digging and they found the spheres. So it was a mistake. They, they were trying to plant banana and they found the spheres. So, and it was in 1939, I guess. So for me, it was a mistake. <laughs> they were found as a mistake. And, and imagine this. Okay, you're you're a employee of the fruit company. You're on your bulldozer, right? And you're just uh-huh. you're just clearing away land, right? Cutting down trees as they do, right? Just uh-huh. no ecology. Uh-huh. No ecological mindset whatsoever. At all. Just plowing uh-huh. down. Yeah, just cutting down the trees, destroying the nature, and all of a sudden they come right. upon this spear, <laughs> this granite, right. almost perfectly spherical spear. Mm-hmm. Now, on this show, we're going to have fun, okay? We're really going to have fun. So, we don't mean to offend anybody. Right. And if we do, let us know, and I will personally apologize. Yes. But listeners yes, and please. viewers alike, let it be known that, you know, we're going to have fun. So I imagine this bulldoze driver sitting there, right, just mindlessly plowing through the field, right? And all of a sudden, <laughs> he comes. I don't guess they had female bulldoze drivers back then, right? <laughs> 1939. So he uh-huh. <laughs> so he plows. Yeah, once again, we're not gonna do the 130 thing, but it's cool. It, we're having fun. Okay, so <laughs> you know, he, he comes across this spear, right? Out of right. stone. Mm-hmm. And I try to imagine what through what went through the mind of this bulldoze drive. I, I just would like to just imagine. <laughs> Okay. Well, well so. I would say I would say that the, the ones who were digging found a beautiful rock. Because we're yes. not thinking about science. We just we just well they just found a rock. Like when you walk uh, through the beach that you can find uh, small rocks or or uh, shells that you don't know if you don't know you're going to take them like oh it's so beautiful what is it and you will have okay. any idea so cool. if you don't know you, know you probably took the sphere with you i would hope so i would hope that that bulldoze yeah. driver didn't say oh whoa oh okay hey i think i heard a myth that there's lost indian gold in the middle of these spheres Let's put a stick of dynamite in it and blow it to pieces and see if there's gold in there, right? That's what I would hope so. What you said is beautiful, that they, it would be admired as something that is uh, very unique and, and is something to be treasured 
and protected. Yeah, that'd be very cool. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. of course. And, the, and there are other myths. For example, as, as the Broncos were an organized group, and they, it's supposed that they gather in groups, I don't know, probably in families, and they form the spheres. They created the spheres using stone tools. And my question, where are those tools? Where are those stone tools? So you're saying that they gathered as a community and with yet undiscovered tools or some method? No, the Broncos created, a, created the tools. Oh, they created the tools to I make the spheres. Right, right. So you're, so you're saying, you're saying that they didn't, they didn't use materials that were already on hand, like rocks or something like, I don't know what else it could be. You're saying that no. that they created specially designed tools that would allow mm -hmm. them to manufacture the spheres. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, these specially constructed tools, where, where did you hear about this? I read it. I read it from the National Museum. Wow. Now, did they say what these specially made tools look like or what they're, yeah, what, what no. they look like? No? No, they didn't say. So, no. So just specially made tools to make the spheres. <laughs> right. Oh, right. and, and what was, right. I was, I was, I was interested what, because they said that probably the families created the spheres. And also that the spheres were placed in front of some houses, probably mm -hmm. the chief, in the, in the house okay. of the chief of the... Mm -hmm. Okay. That's interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, I've, I've read that too, that they were uh, symbolic of the, uh, the significance... Here I came. Yeah, of an area or a particular household. Uh -huh. But... <laughs> Back mm -hmm. to what you said about the specially made tools. So in other words, as far mm -hmm. as the museum knows, in your video with the chisel and the hammer, that could have been the specially <laughs> made tools that were, they, so they don't know, is what I'm saying. They call them specially, ooh, specially yes. made yes, tools. <laughs> okay, okay, all right, cool. Very cool, very cool, very cool. All right, all right. Oh, so on that note, back to your elf holes in the river of the two mm -hmm, sisters right. with the supernatural creature. What if that plant that possibly the indigenous peoples knew about to crush up and enable them to uh, soften stone what if that was applied to a surface and just kind of, uh, you know, made to uh, make the shape you want? Okay, so this brought me back. I'm sure listeners and viewers have ascertained by now that I may tend to uh, go off on a tangent here and there, right? 
But I find my way back, hopefully. And if I don't, please help me. Yo, Leroy, come back. Come back. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, okay, back to Machu Picchu. All right. Now, the archaeologists who discovered Machu Picchu in, I think, the 1930s, this is how it happened. He's hanging out with a local farmer and happens to notice this really unique looking block stone in the farmer's yard. So again, off the cuff, he says to the farmer, <laughs> he says to the farmer, oh, that's a cool looking rock, different looking rock. So the farmer proceeds to tell him, oh yeah, there's a whole bunch of them up the hill there. Yeah, just up the hill. We go up there every now and then, get some to use to make our houses and put in our vegetable bed and whatnot. So the archaeologist gets a guide to take him up the hill. And what does he wind up discovering? Machu Picchu. Word of mouth. Wasn't written down anywhere. In fact, I think I think the archaeologist was actually in the area looking for something else. You know, talk about discovering something else when you're looking for something else, right? Yeah, I think he was actually in the area checking out some other archaeological sites. So of course. he winds up discovering one of the greatest archaeological discoveries ever, Machu Picchu. Mm -hmm. Machu Picchu, right? right? Total it's, mystery. It's a mistake, yeah. probably, or a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah, total Ser serendipity to the extreme, right? <laughs> and, and so get right. this. Now, th this brings me back to my possible indigenous people's knowledge of a plant that could liquefy a solid granite. If you look at the ruins of Machu Picchu, they're not like ancient Egypt the Great Pyramid, where you have the blocks, right? right? Rectangular, square. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, these are shapes that are just, some of them have eight sides to them, five sides, mm -hmm. hexag polygons to the extreme, right? Hexagons, octagonals. I mean, it's as if somebody said, oh, okay, yeah, I see that. That space right there has nine sides. Okay, boom, right? <laughs> it's like they knew that they could just fit. I mean, it's just unreal how, I mean, we talk about how long it could have taken a human being to theoretically, hypothetically, remotely chisel a sphere with what would be known to have been in use millennia ago. And as you so coolly demonstrated on the beach. Hey, Mariella, by the way, what was the name of that beach Hi. that you were on? What was the name of that beach? Playa del Coco. Coco Beach. Coco Beach. And that's that's right. north. That's right? Okay. North. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Magnificent rocks. I mean, seriously. Right. Um, and just you did that little light tap, so not to disturb nature, but anybody can see how you're dealing with a sheer dense material. So right. the spheres that are so smooth, 
anybody that's had the opportunity to actually feel one, you feel the mm -hmm. texture. I mean, it's mm -hmm. smooth. It's smooth. Mm -hmm. It is not rough. I mean, um, hope I don't get into trouble. It's about as smooth <laughs> as a baby. It's about as smooth as a baby's butt. <laughs> Right? <laughs> it is. Smooth as a baby's butt. It is. It is so smooth. And Mariella, you mentioned that the modern efforts to make the spears, which in my opinion, aren't near as beautiful as the ancient artifacts. Uh, these modern replic replicants, they're made in halves. Is that is that correct? Is that what you said? Right. Right, they make first one half and then the other half and they uh, play them together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen some of them and they're, they're not particularly impressed, you know, maybe because I've seen the real thing, right? The real deal. So uh -huh. I'm, not I'm not impressed at all. I mean, I, not, not mm -hmm. whatsoever. <laughs> and um, mm -hmm. so, uh, okay, again, so back to the, uh, the pyramids. Okay. Those are blocks or rectangles, but Machu Picchu, mm -hmm. the walls, the uh, houses, they not only contain uh -huh. square and rectangular blocks, but they contain irregularly shaped blocks perfectly fit together. I mean, you cannot put a razor blade between them, as with the blocks mm -hmm. in the Great Pyramid and other pyramids in Egypt. And mm -hmm. while mm -hmm. I'm on that, pyramids are found all over the world. Egypt, mm -hmm. right? They're found, they found some in China, buried underneath the mm -hmm. anybody ever seen the movie Alien versus Predator? Pre Alien versus Predator, where they find the pyramid in the Antarctica buried uh deep below the Arctic cap or Antarctica. Yeah, so in China, they found pyramids buried in the ground and they found pyramids in Europe, I think Bosnia. So uh, mm -hmm. pyramids are not uh, unique to a particular area. The, the design may be different. In Egypt, you had the smooth face, but you have the step pyramids in Central America, right? Chichen Itzu right. mm -hmm. uh, and the Aztec pyramids, mm -hmm. but basically mm -hmm. same same deal. You're talking a pyramid. I know I'm repetitious. I sound like a record that keeps playing, but only in Costa Rica are the spheres found. Okay, so um, right. Mm -hmm. So uh, back to the ancient knowledge that is exemplified by Machu Picchu and uh, the spears, um, I, I looked up how you would predict a lunar eclipse on the internet. And a lot of stuff came up, uh, equations and I mean, intents, but I found a little interesting little paragraph that said, if you keep track of where the moon crosses the elliptical plane. Now the elliptical plane is the plane that all the planets in our solar system reside in 
except for Pluto. Pluto is at a 70 degree angle orbit with the rest of mm -hmm. us. But everybody else, we're in the elliptical plane around the sun. So this little mm -hmm. paragraph said that if you keep track of when the moon crosses the elliptical plane, which I'm just figuring means our, our horizon, okay? And if I'm wrong, okay, but I, I think so. So what that means is if you were to keep track of where the moon sets every night mm -hmm. on your horizon, and then when you notice when um, that location is being close to when there's going to be a new moon, uh -huh. then there's the possibility that there'd be a solar eclipse. And mm -hmm. on the same note, keeping track of when the moon uh, sets below the horizon. Actually, you know what? There's, there'd be two crossing points in the elliptical plane, up and down. So basically that would mean if you kept track of when the sun first appeared above the horizon and then went below the horizon, that would give you what you're called, they're called node points, N-O-D-E. So if you kept track of that, and there's plenty of evidence to, 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 to say that, one thing that ancient peoples definitely did was kept track of when the sun rose and set on the horizon. And they did the same thing with the moon. Hey, what else are you gonna do, right? I mean, what are the two objects in your existence other than the earth that you can see on an everyday basis on a, and on an every night basis? You notice, especially with the moon, that its position changes? Oh, that, hey, you can chisel on a rock. Okay, tonight mm -hmm. the moon went ch 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 <laughs> And then mm -hmm. the next right. night, the moon went ch 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 right? You can keep track. So right. it's, something mm -hmm. that, it's something that can be done. Or it can be verbally transmitted, mm -hmm. too. So, again, this right. paragraph said that if you keep track of the locations on the horizon where the moon rises and sets, you can use that to predict when there's going to be a solar eclipse, which would be find, find the node, find the point on the horizon where the moon either came up or went down that's closest to a new moon, and that could possibly be a solar eclipse. And then mm -hmm. using those same node points where the, earth, uh, the moon came up or went down on the horizon, you find out when is going to be the next closest full moon. And that gives right. you an idea of when there might be a lunar eclipse. So mm -hmm. I would like to play, I'd like to play a video now, please, that mm -hmm. will show you the connection between solar, lunar eclipses, and, and what I'm talking talking about. Okay, please, let's play that video. Okay. Okay, notice how during a, a solar eclipse, the shadow kind of moved across the Earth. And notice now during a lunar eclipse, how the shadow of the Earth is moving across the moon. Mm -hmm. See that? Yeah, like that. Right. So if you're on the right. moon, if you're on the moon during a lunar eclipse, you see the the shadow of the earth, you know, going across. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, there's the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> so now everybody knows how I get my videos. I play them on my television, record them with my <laughs> cell phone, right? Because, hey, there's a lot of restrictions, a lot of restrictions with downloading YouTube videos and, and other internet yes. videos, okay? So, but hey, I'm watching the video and happen to be recording it on my cell phone. So, okay, maybe the men in black will show up at my door and take me in, right? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so I want everybody to uh, check out in the solar eclipse, notice how the shadow of the moon moved across the earth. And you know, when there's like the great solar eclipse that was in the United States uh, a few years ago, that was the most total uh, solar eclipse observable in the Northern hemisphere for years before and years to come. So people made special trips to get to the areas of the United States where they would have the most amount of time to view the solar eclipse. A lot of people got married during the solar eclipse. Here we go getting in trouble. I imagine a lot of people may have gotten their start during the solar eclipse, if you know what I mean, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, awesome energy. You know, I mean, good energy, right? You know, hey. So anyway, <laughs> okay. So, um, and actually there's cruise ships that will, and, and, and airplane flights, that will mm -hmm. try to stay in the shadow of a solar eclipse uh, to prolong that. So yeah, the shadow of the moon going across the earth doing a solar eclipse, hey, if you can stay in it, you prolong the mm -hmm. eclipse. And with the lunar eclipse, I guess if you were on the moon, you would actually see the shadow of the earth going across the moon. So back to the Baruka. Okay, mm -hmm. again, they were able to, their ancestors were able to use the spears to, to analyze lunar mm -hmm. eclipses. So um, mm -hmm. this is a treasure that has been lost in, in whatever fashion. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I look forward to, see Mariella, you're, again, I looked on the internet and I didn't see anything mentioned about a possible connection between the spheres and lunar eclipses. So what your friend was told, mm -hmm. that that is something that is not documented. He heard it word of right. mouth, which, mm -hmm. which is priceless. So, mm -hmm. right. oh, wow, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Right. Mm -hmm. now, Sadly, it wasn't me. It wasn't me the one who asked or who went to the Boruca. I wish I, I I was there. But yes, it's it's amazing and, and I think it it should be true because they they told the stories like missing their elders. So they wish to keep them and to keep those stories still, still alive. How, how ironic that modern technology with satellites and all that led to them not continuing to get together as a community 
and have the elders to communicate that ancient knowledge to them. Huh? Isn't that, that's, that's really, that's, oh, that's not cool. That's so jacked up. Right. Mm-hmm. And can I ask you this, Mariella? Why do you think sure. the advent, the advent of modern technology and satellites and all them that made them think that they no longer needed to honor the ancient traditions of listening to the elders and listening to the knowledge that they had and and learning that knowledge so that they could perpetuate that knowledge to future generations. Well, now I can tell as a teacher, as a mother, as, as an, in a, an adult with experience, most of the times teenagers believe or young people believe that they know more than the elders and that they know everything. Yeah. So whether you're in the United States or in the Baruka <laughs> village, teenagers right. will be teenagers, right? Unbelievable. Totally. Right? And we all totally. and we all were there. We all were there. We were all knuckleheads that nobody could tell anything to. We knew what everything was. We knew everything we wanted to do and were so clueless, so clueless. So uh right. <laughs> and uh all right, well, okay, so we did another hour. You listeners. Oh, by the way, I want to say to the list, I want to say to the listeners with the time left, I made the remark about right. we all have five, we all have five senses and we use them in nature. Well, there's some some of us who don't have the five senses. Okay. And there's some of us who have actually have, you know, a little bit more, right? Six cents and all. And it's all good, right? We all do the best we can to use what nature gave us. And that's what it's all about. Appreciating what nature gave us and, and, and just rolling with it. And, and to you listeners, when I said about uh, listening and not looking at the video, I just meant, I don't want you to miss out on the videos but I will do the best of my ability to describe to you listeners, you know, what's going on, like the Eclipse video that just played where you had the uh, animation and it shows how the, the, the solar eclipse happens and the lunar eclipse happens. So it's all good. I appreciate everybody listening and viewing and both. <laughs> so yes, we got and please four- comment. You can comment or yeah. you can ask questions to us also. Oh, that's right. I think we have the capability where you could type in. Okay, let's check that right. out. Cause oh, that would go oh, okay. Okay, we got four right. minutes left to an hour. Mariella, please say whatever you mm-hmm. please. Well, in in closing. <laughs> <laughs> in closing, well, I can tell that Borucas is a great village. It's a great community that we should continue studying and learning about them. And of course, investigating because we're not going to finish. And every time you you find something new, you get amazed. I have a question. When your friend was told what he was told, did he use any kind of special uh, method? Like, did he take them uh, something like a, a gift or something? 
he didn't tell me anything about it. Okay. Because no, this is my thought. Tell me. He didn't mention okay. that. Okay. You know, my original idea, I had said that when the time comes that we can actually form a group and take a trip to the Baduka uh, village, I thought maybe we could uh, right. take some laptops, you know, take some laptops. But, but now, right. now that I know that technology made them stop doing what they were doing, maybe that's not the best <laughs> idea. <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe not. Well, at no, least for our cell phones. What's that? I'm sorry. What'd you at, say, at least Mariel? let's take our cell phones. Our okay. cell phones. We can't go wrong with that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. I think so. <laughs> okay. So, um, wow. I wonder. You know, we may have to send a letter of introduction to them at the appropriate time and tell them what we're coming for. You know, mm -hmm. tell them that um, we would be so interested in their unique knowledge of these and, and really impress upon mm -hmm. them. I'm not sure, but they may not know that these spheres are found nowhere else. They probably do. They probably know. They probably been known for right. thousands of yes, years. Yes, they know. But they. Yes. But but you know mm -hmm. what? You think the modern generation of the Baduka know that? Mm -hmm. Well, probably. Okay. Probably, and and I heard that they are eager to to receive tourists. They really need. Oh, there we go. Incomes. Well. All yes. right. Well, there we go. Okay. Look out, Baduka, because here we come. <laughs> All right. So we got one minute. We will close up second one-hour episode. Right on. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Thank you so much, Mariella. Thank you, Leroy. And thank you, everyone who's watching and listening to us. And everybody? You're with us as we continue our adventure of, of uh, exploration and discovery into the spheres, right? Every week you're with us, we're like one big group finding out what maybe nobody else has found out before. All right, tune in next week, same fat time, same fat channel.